I start to analyze what kind of content will attract more followers, and I start to post more content in that direction. What was it? It's very cute, innocent, schoolgirl look. Our guest today is Irene Zhao, a Chinese model and influencer, one of the most influential women in crypto. Irene is also the founder at SoCal, a Web3 social platform made for creators, brands, and communities. How did your influencer journey start? Well, it started after my university, which is pretty late. My career as an influencer and as a broker, they started at the same time. Oh. I was doing like part-time modeling okay. in university. I posted random photos on Instagram, and suddenly some photos got viral. And then I started to say, oh, actually, I can make money from being an influencer. How different is the Twitter game from other social media platforms? You have to be on Twitter all day to know what's going on. But I think for Twitter, you need to be really smart in how you tweet. A lot of companies, the big companies, they're still key in the NFT business. They still think it's the future and they are very keen to put the resources, the money into the NFT collections. So we are working with all these brands who are easier to work with because they already have the belief. There is always going to be someone who is more successful or more beautiful yeah. or smarter. What do you think is the main driver of happiness if the money and all these goals are never enough? What makes you happy? Irene, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kevin. Nice to be here. Hello, everyone. Do I need to so, hi to the You can audience. say hi to oh, everyone. <laughs> okay. Hello, everyone. You can look at this. Irene, <laughs> very nice to be here. So we're recording this podcast from Singapore, where you moved about 10 years ago? No, it's actually 2008. So it's 15 okay, years 15 ago. Okay, 15 years ago. Yeah. Can you tell us why did you move to Singapore? Oh, uh, I came to Singapore because I got a MOE scholarship from the Singapore government. And that's why I decided to... Uh, come to Singapore to pursue my study. Yeah. Okay. Did you apply in other places like Hong Kong or I don't know, maybe the US or is it just here that it happened? Like how did the, the choice of Singapore came for these scholarships? Because my dad was doing MBA at National University of Singapore, okay. like 2005. And he thought Singapore is really a nice place for me to uh, further my studies and to uh, have a better career. And he, that's why he already made this decision like 20 years ago. For you. Yes. And then no there choice. is like this opportunity that you can get like, uh, you can go to Singapore to study for free for four years because under the scholarship. Okay. And my dad said, oh, you have to seize these opportunities like once in a lifetime. And we, so we go through a lot of interviews, a lot of tests in math, uh, English. And then fortunately, I passed the test and that's why I'm here. Were you a good student? I was a good student in China. Yeah. And I was super good at math in Singapore for the first two years because, you know, the curriculum is super different from the one in China and they are like much slower. Okay. Yeah. So I have that. Um, so I can like just don't study and also get very good grades for my math and physics. Okay. But after two years later, like we start to uh, learn about new stuff, right? It's just a bit of a challenge for me because okay. I'm better at art subjects instead of math. Okay. Like science subjects. Yeah. Okay. So you probably in the last 15 years did quite a few back and forth between China and Singapore, yeah. I guess. Yeah. How did um, China evolve in the last 15 years? Because I remember I was there. Yeah. I went to Shanghai, Guangzhou, Yiwu like 10 years ago, mm -hmm. 2013. Mm. And people would all say, oh, in the last 10 years, so 20, 2003, 2013, everything changed so much. I can imagine that since that time, everything changed so much again. So what did you see? And are you still... If you see things, because it probably changed a lot. Yeah, it changed uh, a lot. 
compared to China, uh, compared to Singapore, of course, at a much faster space. Yeah, because after we changed the leadership in China, like the leader, the leadership role, leadership style changed a lot in China, right? So I think, and also we adopted the Alipay, the 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 uh. The WeChat Pay, where we don't really use cash anymore. So if you go China and you do, you you use cash, it's like people will find it very weird. So this, I think, this is the thing that I find is really amazing in China.、Mm. Yeah, actually, and try, and also Singapore had tried to actually adopt cashless for such a long time, and people are still using cash most of the time. I think、yeah. it's not too bad here. I was in Hong Kong just、mm-hmm. this weekend. I came from Hong Kong、yeah. yesterday. It's crazy there. It's Hong Kong,、mm-hmm. and like you literally need to pay. Taxi drivers,、yeah. MRT, Everything just cash. cash. You can't use a, f- a freaking card, and、uh, I'm like, how is that possible in Hong Kong? Oh really? In 2023, like it's crazy. So I felt like as Singapore, we had like a we're kind of above. Yeah, it's much better. Still- at least at least you can use Apple Pay, everything. Yeah. So seeing、uh, China move so fast,、mm-hmm. don't you have a bit of like kind of FOMO? Like I should be back there to develop, I don't know, my career or things、yeah. there. Or you're still feeling better here because I don't know lifestyle. I think I feel better here because I grew up here, so all my connections,、mm. all my friends are here, and also a lot of the Chinese billionaires, entrepreneurs are moving to Singapore and Hong Kong、mm. because you know the policies in China is not very friendly to a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah, that's why most of them are moving out. So I think you,、uh, you mean as in like if you become too big, you're gonna have yes, issues big, with the government. Yes, too big. Yes, and, yes,、yeah. yes. A lot of like. You, like the business is probably gonna ultimately owned by the government、yeah. instead of individuals. That's why a lot of these rich people are trying to move to Singapore, and that's why you see the rental crazy. like crazy. crazy. And also, Singapore just passed the new uh the tax law. You know, it's like sixty five percent for the foreigners. They're trying to cool down the market. Do you think that's gonna have an impact on the rents? Oh,、uh, I think definitely the the the, the Singapore the the house market gonna cool down a little bit.、Mm. Yeah, which is a good thing because I'm planning to change like a bigger house, so <laughs> it's a good thing for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's start with a bit of your background. Sure, sure. What are the、uh, the few key turning points in your life that define who you who you are today? Oh,、uh, I think the first thing is probably when I came to Singapore when I was 15 years old because it's completely new environment, right?、So、everything is new. And I think the next one is.、Um, Did you speak English already? Very broken English,、okay. and actually we have very different English lesson from the local students. So we had like two different classes. Like、so、all the Chinese students are learning the Chin the English within one group,、mm. and then the local ones are having English lesson like at a much advanced level. Okay. Yeah, and we are really like we were struggling learning all the biology, geography. Everything in English. Everything in English. Like, yeah, you know,、mm. yeah. That's professional words we have never seen before, and it's super long and super professional wordings. Mm. Mm. So you moved here first, and then. And I was in a, I was scholarship for four years. Then I went to National University of Singapore, uh, for communication and new media. So scholarship is for kind of was for in high school. Yes,、right? for high school.、Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, of course, there are there are different scholarship program for different scholars, and there are also、uh, scholars who graduate from high school in China and then they move to Singapore, and so they have scholarship in the university, but they can only choose science of science subjects because you know Singapore wants to attract all those Chinese talents who are super good at math and、mm. physics. 
Mm. And that's why they don't really allow them to choose any major they want. But for us who just came uh, for high school, we can choose any major we want. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of my classmates and friends, they went to a business. So you didn't, real they, you didn't let them realize that uh, you were really strong in math and uh, physics and yeah. you just managed to get your way yeah, into yeah. more creative and yeah. business stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is a good thing for me because I'm really struggling with math and with physics. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so NUS. Yeah. Okay, like your dad. Yeah. No, he's doing MBA. Yeah, he was Mine doing MBA. Mine is common doing a bachelor. Yeah, yeah, it's different. Yeah. And then. What and then after I graduate, I was in school for like three years. And after I graduate, I went to a iron ore brokerage firm as okay. a broker. That's how I got into finance. I would say like traditional finance industry. So you'd say math, physics is not your favorite thing but mm -hmm. you still end up being doing trading because trading. it's a front office role so you don't really deal with numbers you deal with people okay so it's more like in the personal school instead of you know like how good you are at math or at calculations because i'm not a trader i'm a broker we have like different okay. job descriptions okay yeah. so it's basically people calling you and saying hey i want to execute this yeah trade it's I want like to buy the these. buyer tell me sell. i want to get this cargo and the seller said i have this cargo i want to sell this price then we are trying to uh make the deal work Is this not, so this is some time ago, is this not automated today? Oh, we have a platform, but it still requires a lot of negotiations okay. behind the scene. Yeah. Because it's a very traditional business. There's no way you can just put it on screen and automatically chase. Is it because, is it because it's actually needed or is it more because part of the service that you provide to the client is, hey, you have someone, a human you can talk to that is going to execute your trade, therefore you can charge a bit more. No, because client. it's actually needed. Okay. Yeah, a lot of okay. details as well, you know, because every cargo is different. Every customer has very different requirements. So it requires some uh, negotiations and some assistance, manual okay. assistance. Yeah. Okay. So trading commodities, mm -hmm. I mean, brokerage for mm -hmm. some for time? Four years. Four years, okay. Yeah, 2017 to 2021. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, did you like it? I like the interpersonal part where I get to interact with a lot of like C-suit people, like, yeah. very, like very high level. And the, the, the boring part is that every day I'm just dealing with cargo, like with rocks, yeah. with, with like steel mills. Yeah, this is the boring part, the, okay. the essence of the industry itself. Mm. Okay, so four years that and then? And then I got into crypto earlier 2021 as a CMO of a DeFi project. That's how I got into crypto, by my a group of friends. They were my university, like best friends in the university. And they started a um, DeFi project. And at the time, they don't have a CMO who is okay, able to so, do the marketing okay. and promote the project. Okay. And so my friend approached me and she said, I was already a KOL at the time on Instagram. Yeah. So she was like, oh, you know, uh, you, you have this skill set where you can market yourself. And right now we have this product, this project. Can you market this project for us? Yeah. Because it's kind of the same skill set, right? Do the marketing, you come up with funny and useful content. Mm. Okay, okay. Okay, so I think that's interesting. We'll maybe like stop the kind of career and get back to like how you started influencing. Yeah. And then at some point we'll cross between Instagram yeah, and yeah, yeah. Twitter for the yeah, crypto part, yeah. okay? So how did your influencer journey start? Well, it started after my university, which is pretty late because most of the influencers, they started at 18 years old. Okay. But so I started after I graduated from, from university, which is like 23, 24. 
which is already pretty late compared to my peers. So you started when you were a trader, basically. When yes, you do- it's like oh, my okay. career as an influencer and as a broker, they started at the same time. Okay, how, how did this even happen? Because I was doing like part-time modeling okay. in university. So I posted random photos on Instagram and suddenly some photos got viral and then I started to uh, like get uh, requirements and sponsorship from band, from brands. That's how I say, oh, actually I can make money from being an influencer. So this is when like, like how, how long after starting and like kind of how many followers? Okay. Like you say I have something time, going viral and like I, contacting when, you. When I have about 2,000 to 3,000 followers, their okay. brand start to offering free products Free stuff, okay. Or at the time, I think, I still remember I was doing an advertisement for a coconut drink and the rate okay. was like 80, 80 a sing dollar for one post. Okay. That's, that's, that's my first job probably. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I start to analyze what kind of content would attract more followers. And I start to uh, post more content in that direction. What was it? Okay. It's very cute, innocent schoolgirl look, which is totally different from I love how I am, <laughs> like my real life, like how I am in real life. That's why I stopped being an influencer. Right after I got into crypto because it's really just not me, yeah. But anyway, so, yes, that's what, I mean, it's still popular nowadays. Yeah, you know, so, like Japanese schoolgirl, that's still popular. So, so guys never change. So, so guys at 18 years old, 28 years old, 38 years old, they like girls at 18 years old who look innocent and young. Okay, so you're 24 and you say, I'm going to look like an 18 years old. I look like girl. 18, but. I'm going to... Yeah, but I look innocent, like the girl next door type. So how... Okay, so basically, very quickly, you have a strategy of like, I'm going to grow my Instagram by Mm -hmm. being another persona. Yes. Yes. Okay. How quickly did it work? It's pretty fast. Like, I think at the time, at 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 my peak, I can gain like 10K followers for just one post. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I start mass producing those kind of content. You know, like, yeah. So, uh, so this is while you're a trader. That's really that's so cool. So that's why you're a trader. But, but how, how do you spend your time between both? Because doing all these online stuff takes a lot of time. Yeah, because usually for one day, I can, like for one weekend, I can take a, I could took a, take a lot of photos, like change outfits, right? So for one afternoon, probably I can produce content for a week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then it requires a lot of consistent work. I have to post photos almost every day for like two years. Okay. Yeah. So you're a pretty private person. Yes. How did you manage to build a personal brand while staying private in your personal life? You just share what you want to share about your life to the public because I know a lot of influencers. They share everything. Everything. Like from the boyfriend when they get married. Yeah. <laughs> they have kids when the kids get married. You know everything. That's an interesting one actually. In life. Yeah. Will you? I mean, what, about, what do you think about posting pictures about marriage online? Because it feels like a lot of people are actually getting married almost for that. They're saying, ah, oh, look, I, I could. Oh, yeah. For I example, especially women. I could lock in this dude and I'm going to show the world that I locked in this dude and I, the entire thing is for this picture of the wedding and of the, oh, look yes. at my ring thing. And they got sponsorship for everything. The wedding, from the MC to the, to the wedding gone, to the hotel, to the food, everything. They tag all the sponsors in that one post to thank everyone who's So actually the wedding is for free, which is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Everything, even the wedding photo is, is free. Just, That's yeah. the good thing about Marrying an influencer, you okay. get everything for free. Free. And you don't have to yeah. pay anything. 
Yeah, you just need to be in the photo, you know, be in all his Instagram, be the Instagram boyfriend. You get everything for free. Okay. Mm. You just need to endure the... The but not, the not a lot of guys can accept that. Exactly. I want exactly. To but some, to... guys, some guys, they enjoy the attention too, you know? Yeah. yeah or so... they enjoy taking a million pictures. Yeah. Because they, they end up being yes, the photographer. Yes. They enjoy being in front of camera <laughs> and also being the Instagram boyfriend. So I would say like every, every, every person has very different tastes, right? They yeah. enjoy different things. Okay. But for me, I'm a pretty private person. Yeah. What are, this, what are some of the things that you really did not like about the Instagram influencers game? So firstly is the the fake persona, right? You have to keep taking photos that don't really show your true personality. And another thing is sometimes you probably need to post more and more exposing photos mm-hmm. to to get attention. Because yeah. you look at the you look at the Instagram or the, those exposing ones, not now, for me, um, and the revealing ones. Of course, they got more likes, yeah. right? That's what attracts attention. So yeah. that's the part I don't like. And I also sometimes um. I have to struggle between taking the sponsorship while this product doesn't really represent myself or 100%. it kind of dilutes my personal uh, branding. But for the money, I have to take it. Yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. People don't take you seriously or they don't see you as credible because they realize that this is like not you. Do we, I mean, sometimes when you make a choice b- mm-hmm. based on a brand, yeah. people can directly tell, oh, this is, yes. or at least this is linked to the persona that yeah. she or he is playing online. Mm-hmm. Do you think Today, it's still the majority of the people who kind of play a persona. Or do you think that there is a, a lot of value for people? I mean, that people actually value much more people who are themselves online and th- are not perfect, yeah. basically. Mm, I think persona doesn't mean you are perfect, but you are trying to portray yourself as someone who is more attractive to the online netizens. Mm. You will appear to their taste. Mm. While, but, 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 but probably you... You know, it's not like gonna be popular if like the guys probably don't like women that are pretty independent or like very capable. Like, it's not really majority of the guys don't like it, right? I would say that babes. Yes, both babes. Some of the guys they like the false ladies, but most of the guys I would say, especially Asian, right? They don't really enjoy yeah. being with a girl who is too aggressive. Why do you think so? Too aggressive? You said it. You said. Why do you think a high value man doesn't like being with a boss babe? You mean high-value men, they prefer someone who is more independent. Do you think so or not? And if not, or if yes, why do you think so? I think it very much depends on his needs at the current stage. Let's say if he is very, um, he's already have a very successful career yeah. and he's, he wants to enjoy his life, right? Spending with someone he loves or he can take care of him or like don't have any dramas at all. He would prefer someone who uh, is very independent or who is someone who has her own career. But if he is like someone uh, who is very career driven and who is, you know, take care of all the business and is all meetings all day, probably wants someone who can take care of his life. Like he's someone who is more. Take care of him. Not take care of yeah. him. Yeah. Like accompany him to anywhere yeah. in the world. Yeah. So it depends on the needs of the, of the guy. What's your type, by the way? Ah, I was, like, I was waiting for that. So I, honestly, I love independent women, mm-hmm. but the boss bay thing is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think there's the polarity in the relationship. A woman should stay very feminine. A guy should stay very masculine mm-hmm. or the opposite. Mm-hmm. You need a feminine and masculine energy. Otherwise, it's not going to work mm-hmm. or not for the long term. For the, be- like that, there needs to be a balance. Exactly. And I think that boss babes, I love independent women. Mm-hmm. I love g- a girl who I would say, hey, I'll pay for this coffee if you yeah. pay for something. Yeah. It's just like, hey, like, 
I'm not just making benefit of you mm-hmm. because there's too many of those. Yeah. But the problem with like a boss babe is she's much more likely to be annoying and have too much masculine traits. Mm. And so I always tell a girl like, like I think it's so important to stay feminine because the, the same reason, because it's not actually not attractive. Because if if I'm going out with my girlfriend or my wife on a Saturday night and I wear, you know, makeup or lipstick and heels, she's not going to find that attra- attractive. Therefore, if you act like a man, I'm not going to find that okay, attractive. I think it the, doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you should not have a business or anything, but like mm-hmm. have that stuff. But in, in the yeah. relationship, you need mm-hmm. to keep your... Feminine side. Exactly. It's like very the, important. Uh, like the, 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 the appearance, how you look like. And also how you mm. are, you know. Mm. The problem is like it's very linked being like strong in business to being also strong in personality. And therefore like it's not that simple, but like it's an interesting topic because I talk with a lot of friends and a lot of women about yeah. that too. Because like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need to find a balance between the two, right? Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you lose the polarity. And if you lose the polarity, you lose the attraction. Mm-hmm. And you can lose the respect. I also. think people like people, people like people with very uh, opposing or like very contrast traits are the most attractive ones. Like you, you think this girl is very bossy outside, but actually when she's with you, she's like super soft. Absolutely, like all the time. Like, yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. Then you, oh, she's so the attractive. contrast. Yeah, the contrast is yes. what makes people most attractive. Mm. Mm. Where were we at? <laughs> uh, um, oh, yeah, Adam, what, what kind of girl you like? But you said you, you want a balance, right? I think, yeah, I think like someone who is uh, independent is, I, lo- I love it, but like needs to have the right balance and the right place mm-hmm. in the relationship. Um, how hard and stressful is the influencer game? Uh, when I was an influencer, I thought it was so stressful because sometimes I want to work with this brand and they actually ask my rate. In the end, I find out they work with someone else, right? Who doesn't have, not have enough, like as many followers as me or who has a very different uh, persona like like me. So I'll be very, you know, upset. Like, oh, hey, this brand worked with her, but not work with me. But after I get into like entrepreneurs, I found uh, like- Especially in crypto. How this is nothing. Times, this was nothing. You know, last time when I, when I post, a, uh, post a photo, I would check Instagram every one minute, like how many likes I got. If I don't have 10, like 10, 1K likes within 10 minutes, I knew it's not going to grow viral. Okay. Because I know how, how the algorithm games play. Okay. But right now, I don't really care. I just put a photo. Who cares how many likes I get? Oh, whatever. Because business is business. Yeah, no, business is just so much more stuff. Yeah, of course. need to take in consideration, to care about just... That's crazy, yeah. Do people actually make real bucks on Instagram? And I'm saying that because I have really good friends who are really big. Mm-hmm. Also had people, pretty big people on this mm-hmm. podcast with a lot of followers, like millions of followers. Yeah. And I've heard about everything. Yeah. Some people could have like a million or more followers, but make like one, two K a month. Yeah. Because they don't really know how to monetize themselves. Some people have much less. I mean, for example, in crypto, we know you can have a much smaller audience, but yeah. there's other ways to make a lot of money. Yes, yes. So... Let's talk about Instagram game. Okay. Like, what's your experience? Like, based on your experience, your friends, like, mm. can people really live out of that, you know, live from that? I think they can. If you really, really manage your brand well and you keep working with a lot of high-end brands and if your followers have very strong purchasing power, of course, it can be a full-time career. But, but the... Uh, but the but you have to really share a lot about your life to your audience because most of the 
women are the ones who have the strongest purchasing power. And women like to see all the these sweet moments you have with your mm. boyfriend and when you have a kid, how you be a mom. So these are the things girls want to see. So you have to share a lot of that mm. online to your female followers. Like the makeup, you know, the, the makeup, uh, how, how to do a nice makeup, how to do a hair, like what, what kind of dress you should wear to different occasions, all these kind of, yeah, videos. So you need to do that, then you need to do that forever. Because, I mean, for, where I, I'm trying to get to is, as long as you work with brands, you're, you're not really responsible, in my opinion, and from mm -hmm. the conversation I had, you're not responsible for your, you're not in control of your mm -hmm. future. The day you have your own brand or your own, I mean, your own products or your own thing, that's where you can actually make a lot of money from all this following because you're not dependent on these brands anymore. And th there's basically no ceiling on mm -hmm. how much you can make. So it's mm -hmm. more like you need to, the, the, the personal brand is amazing, but only as a leverage mm -hmm. to an actual business that you build mm -hmm. in the back end or, you know, services or product mm -hmm. or. I think it depends on like what the, the influencer wants. If they are really ambitious, they want to create a brand and to inspire a lot of other women, of course they can create their own brand. But there are some influencers who are okay with just working with some big brands and get money from that. It's a pretty decent money, I would say. Yeah. Is it as... But it's pretty competitive, of course, because you are competing with thousands yeah. of pretty girls online to get the attention. And is the life as amazing as what it looks like when you're at that level? Mm-hmm. Of working with these big grand brands, yeah. like everybody thinks, oh, this person has a million followers. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he or she is completely rich and like done forever and travels everywhere. Or it's actually part of the whole persona. And you're like, I make good money, but I'm also like kind of a freelancer mm -hmm. who is depending on my gigs with my brands. And the day this stops because you're going to stop one day or, mm -hmm. or I might be tired of it. Then the whole thing is not going to be as pretty in my life as it looks like. Yes, I think that's why it depends on whether you really love or enjoy sharing mm -hmm. content and producing content as a content creator. Because some people really enjoy it. I talk to a lot of influencers. They love taking photos. They will spend two hours taking just to take one nice photo to post on Instagram. But for me, it's like at five minutes, I'm like, I'm done. I just take a look at 10 photos. As long as there's one photo that's uh, okay, I'm done. But there are some influencers who enjoy taking photos, like who are posting all the time. Yeah, so these are the people who that did. They want to be an influencer. What do you think the, the main drive behind this is? The main drive, some people just lo love producing content. Okay. They love the aesthetics. They want to be creative. I talk to a lot of people and they really enjoy doing that. Yeah, so I think they, they, they are the influencers because they want to influence people in that way. Yeah. Through photos. Mm. Why did you decide to focus on Twitter in 2020? Uh, actually, 2021, because 21. first of okay. all, I have to, because I'm a CMO of the project, right? So I have to uh, constantly promote my project on Twitter. And of course, Twitter is the, the only place where the people who are doing crypto is on it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so then, your friends, mm -hmm. they say, just to recap for everyone, mm -hmm. your friends, they say, hey, Irene, we have this crypto project in DeFi, mm -hmm. it's whole economy network. Yes, yes, yes. We need a CMO. You know how to do all this yes. Instagram influencing. Yes. Can you reproduce that into crypto, but yes. it on Twitter? Yes. That's exactly how I started. Okay. Because Twitter is necessary. I mean, it's indispensable to showcase yourself and also the project. Yeah. That's why we decided to start a Twitter account in 2021. Mm. As... Uh, Irene 
pers- uh, Twitter account. Yes, Irene Irene Zhao. Yeah. Yeah. It's different, like different name as、uh, Instagram.、Mm. How do you even make the decision on that? Because it can't use like Big Ching on Twitter. If you don't know what's Big Ching, I think Irene is a much more like better name. Okay. Yeah, more professional.、Mm. Okay. So how did this move turn out for you? The main kind of like explainers, like you say, okay, we, I'm gonna start this Twitter account、mm-hmm. to promote economy,、mm-hmm. but also to promote myself. Yeah. Can you tell us like what happened from there? I started to just post random photos I have on Twitter, and just went viral for no reason. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. <laughs> and I just went viral. I got like Spain wide. Like 100k followers within like half a year. Yeah, can, can you explain why? I mean, we know we both know why, but can you explain why? Like, what's the crypto ecosystem like,、mm. especially in that time? I think it is like first of all, there are very very few women、yeah. on crypto at the time, and also I was already big on Instagram, so some some of my Instagram followers、mm. are actually big KOLs on Twitter. So、okay. they will already automatically like、oh, my content,、okay. content or、you、like share, they、yeah. they interact with me. And you know the Twitter algorithm, right? Once you like someone's photos,、uh, once you comment, their fans can see it. So、yeah. that's the first step. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.、Mm. So half a year, 100k followers on Twitter,、mm-hmm. on crypto Twitter,、yeah. which is a lot on crypto Twitter because crypto Twitter is kind of like niche. The biggest yeah, account of what, like a few hundred thousand、mm-hmm. followers.、Mm-hmm. The ones who've been since like two thousand thirteen, fourteen that invented kind of crypto Twitter maybe have like seven hundred k followers. Like there's not like many many big accounts. Yeah, at the time, yeah.、Uh, there are not many females at the time too. Yeah,、mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, still now there's more, but that's an out of the crowd. Not that many. Ah,、uh, I think now there are more girls posting. Sexy or like very nice photos on Twitter. Yeah, and there's also yeah, the the、um, the mix of like OnlyFans and yeah, big yeah, crypto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of girls yeah, like paying on that. Yeah, but almost too many actually. It doesn't make them like special anymore. Yeah, that's why it's very、yeah. hard to stand out now、yeah. because just too many girls. Yeah. yeah. So how different is the Twitter game from other social media platform as an influencer? Ah,、uh, I think for Twitter you need to be really smart in how you tweet. And you have to be on Twitter all day to know what's going on, like what's the joke,、yeah. what's the meme, because what's <laughs> because it's it's actually crypto people are very very smart. Yeah. If you make a joke, and it's, and not, it's not really funny, they will find it super cringe, and that's it. Absolutely. And they will make all these ridiculous comments and ah,、oh, it's so cringe, so cringe, so、yeah. cringe. Like they get, they are much less tolerant. Is it people on Instagram? It's a very special type of humor, yes. actually. Yes, it's yeah, a yeah, very the shit, special the type posting, of humor. The Twitter shit posting, basically. Yeah, is, it's uh, the, such the a bet- rare talent. Yeah, the better you should post, the more smart you are. Actually, it shows that you're. And I have to on Twitter all day, at least like two or three hours a day, to see what's going on. Like, what's the latest, funniest thing to talk about? <laughs> and you have to link it back to crypto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how you make your account really funny and interesting for people to follow. So at some point, you are doing Twitter and Instagram.、Mm-hmm. So how did you balance the basically the IG looks from the Twitter brains? And like, I think then you kind of naturally move towards Twitter. You don't do a lot of Instagram stuff anymore, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So、I、how did this entire thing like Instagram stuff? Yeah, because I can just reuse the photos I I post on Instagram to Twitter, right? Yeah. So I can always have a lot of content to 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 post on Twitter. And now I start to like slow down like the posts I made on 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 in, in influencer stuff, because if you post to 
like different personas on two different platforms, people would be confused. Mm. It's like why? And people think I'm I'm fake on Twitter because all I post on Instagram are like lifestyle posts, like oh I'm going to the gym, I'm doing yoga, I'm having like very nice brunch, and I'm on Twitter. I'm talking about crypto, I'm talking about DeFi, I'm talking about all this professional stuff. People are like, are you fake? Yeah. And a lot of people still think I'm not real because just like the the things I post on Twitter and Instagram are just way too different. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I started to uh, post less lifestyle. Uh, content on Instagram and start talking about crypto on Instagram. But the thing is, at the time, I received a lot of negative comments. I see. How did people react to that? They hate crypto. I would say like at least 50% of my original audience that are not on Twitter, they know nothing about crypto. Yeah, they don't they're like there it. for that. Yeah, they're not there for that. I was like, oh, I was here for your they're sexy photo, for, for your cool bikini girls. photos, for your lifestyle. Why do you keep talking about this coin, that coin? You know, yeah, they get mad. So I thought, okay, cool. I just post less stuff or more like entrepreneur stuff. That's very neutral, right? I yeah. don't really talk about crypto. I don't really post lifestyle. It's all about like how I do startup, everything. Okay. We'll talk about that later. So it's perfect. Yeah. Entrepreneurship. Are you on TikTok? I'm not. Actually, I should be. Why? Yeah. Because TikTok is the only way for you to reach a wider audience. Today? Yes. Do you know why? Because the because algorithm. Not, yeah. Algorithm, not... Mm-hmm. And the big data not made yet to monetize mm. as much as Instagram? I mean, for the company itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. TikTok is really the best way for you to reach a much wider audience. Mm. Okay. So let's uh, continue with first the thing that your Instagram followers hate, mm. and then we'll talk about the thing that they like. Sure. So first we talk about the crypto and NFTs. Mm. So you said that you started as a in the DeFi world, mm. as part of this economy net- yes. networks. Yes. How did you get along with this DeFi stuff, especially as an ex-commodity trader or broker? Uh, to be honest, I don't, I don't really enjoy DeFi because mm. I don't really like finance and I don't think it's suitable for everybody. Yeah. Right, And especially for girls because I am an influencer myself. I have a lot of influencer friends. When I talk to them about DeFi, they don't know what is DeFi at all, right? <laughs> and I who think, cares? Oh, yeah, exactly, who, who cares? About DeFi, And yeah. DeFi, to be honest, it's really hard to understand for like a normal person who don't know anything about yeah. finance, right? So it's not really mainstream. Do you want to explain quickly what decentralized finance is? No, it's okay. Okay. It's all right. It's all right. No, I'm, okay. I'm all right. Yeah. I can see the passion. Yeah. Anyway, okay, okay. So, okay. But... Then you were starting to, basically, you made this, you're there. Okay, I don't really like that, but there's something else that's really interesting. Mm. NFTs with yes, two gig. Yes, so how did you get, NFT. how did you get into that? I got into that because one of my friends sent me a punk for free. That's how I got into crypto. Crypto punk. Yes, crypto punk. Nice. July 2021. Yeah. That's, that's an what, amazing time Yeah, that's what it's like. So that's, I think a, that's the a nice cost friend. is about 50K US dollar at the time. And as pick, it's about like 400,000. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a great friendship. That's a, that's a very great friendship. That's how I got in crypto. That's how, <laughs> that's how I got in NFT because I was checking the price every day. Especially when the floor price broke 100 E's. I was like, what? I'm like, oh. yeah, yeah. It's like the end of, when I think, the, end of July after the PayPal. Yeah. I think after PayPal bought it, bought a, bought a punk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Mm. So, yeah, it went up to like 120 for something like that floor price. Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Fr- okay, great. So, so what happens? You you have this crypto punk. You're like crazy. This thing is worth so much money. Like, yeah, yeah. So, got NFT. I realized actually NFT is a very good business for the creators because you can turn everything into NFTs, right? Because there are different kind of creators. Have like video creators. Have creators who can dance. Have creators who can sing. You have creators who are um 
like the musicians, right? You can turn all this content into NFTs. Yeah. It's, it's more relevant compared to tokens because token is just like fungible, right? It's, it's all the same, but, but NFT is like very different in different formats. And for all kinds of creators, they can launch their own NFT collections. How quickly did you grasp this? Because I remember, for example, myself, yeah. like, I mean, I love DeFi mm-hmm. because I love investing and yield yeah, and compounding. Yeah, yeah. But I also understood quickly, like, most people will never give a, f- a fuck about yeah, that. It's too, yeah. like, even Bitcoin and all that yes, stuff. Yes. But the NFT thing is really interesting. But I needed a, probably three weeks mm-hmm. to understand, like, how, you know, this is going to change business model. Yeah. And everything. What for you was the the key thing that you understood, like the kind of light bulb moment of like, oh, I can apply this to all this stuff plus the, 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 the creator economy. I think it's after the, the, the Irene Dao. Yeah, it's Irene Dao movement because I already have a very, exist, a, a very existing audience and I don't like doing advertisement. So I'm thinking since I already have a big audience, can I do something with them, right? About them, like create a community around them and we can use NFT as the, you know, like the, the gated uh, channel for yeah. them to assess the exclusive of uh, exclusive content and get to the inner circle. So the Irene Dao thing is happening when you're still CMO of Konami? Um, an influencer or? Yeah, it's happened when I'm still an influencer. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I was still influencer until this day. Sometimes I still take some advertisement if it matches my personal branding. Yeah. But you were still CMO of Konami or not anymore or kind of uh, starting to I think? I think I was like... You know, half in between, half. Yeah, like in a, between. Yeah. So can you tell us about this Irene Dow thing? Like what happened, what it is, and like what it made you realize about this kind of NFT world and what's possible? So as I said, um, I already have a very big audience and I think I can do something about it. So we launched the Irene Dow NFT collection, which is a free mint yep. for, for the fans. And yep. actually when, I, when, when they launched the NFT collection, I was swimming. I was having swimming lessons. And after I finished the lesson, it already minted out. But you are part of the... Yes, I am part of mo- it, but I wasn't one. Saying, yes, okay. but I wasn't the developer who actually okay. launched the collection. Okay. So um, I was actually having swimming lesson. And after I, I, I finished, I read, oh, it's actually all minted out. And people are talking about it on Twitter. I yeah. thought, oh, actually it went viral. Mm-hmm. And people are really interested in that because the first ever created an FT in the crypto space. And the people at the time, they really love something that's new and innovative. Mm. Yeah. So and, you, mm, mm. But this started as a, let's do a test. Yeah. Or you had a kind of idea or strategy about, I want to test this NFT thing on creator economy or just say, I want to do a kind of joke and see like how it takes. It's actually started as a meme. As a meme. We want okay. to do a social yeah. experiment because we don't expect anything. Otherwise, we will already be charging money, right? Yeah, exactly. It's all exactly. Free mint. Yeah. Maybe the part of the magic is because it was free and the reason yeah, like free. And people also participate the, more. And it was so badly cropped. Yeah. The film is like, <laughs> it's not even like nicely cropped, right? It's like all this white, white thing ha- like in the photo. And people was like, how is this worth so much money at the time? It's like ridiculous. And this is actually how it became viral, but it's so ridiculous. It's like so funny. And people think So what happened? Joke. Can you tell us like a few numbers, like time frame, kind of key numbers? So we launched the collection and it minted uh, within like 30 minutes. Okay. And I started to send my NFT to some of the, uh, like the big, big people, you know, right? In, in the crypto as a gift. Okay. So okay. one of the person I sent the NFT to is Mike Novogratz. Okay. Because no, before yeah. I sent send it to him, you know, I read started as a Telegram sticker, right? Okay. Sticker set. Yeah. And Mike Novogratz actually congratulated me on the sticker set. He said it is very innovative. 
okay. and they're very interesting. Okay. So I said, oh, things you you said are is a very interesting. Probably you you might like my NFT because my NFT was was actually the sticker set. Okay. So I said, okay, can I send you one NFT? He said, yes, sure. And after I sent it sent it to him, I didn't expect anything. He posted. He posted. Okay. Yeah. He just posted. <laughs> he's such a nice guy. He just posted. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's so innovative. He's so funny. He posted. And then Logan Logan Paul saw yeah. the post. And then he bought, like I think, like 30, 29 NFTs. And then the price went up to 30 five, NFTs. Okay. Five is. Yeah. Five X. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Five E's. Five E's. Five E's. Yes, okay. at, a, at a peak. Okay. Yeah. He bought like 13, I think. I think the, the total amount of money he spent is about 230. Okay. 30K? Yeah. 200K. Okay. Mm. Did you, I mean, for you, it's amazing advertisement. Yeah. Did you benefit any other way from that? I think it's more like the branding. Yeah. Because people absolutely. see me as the first one who successfully launched a creator NFT. Yeah. So, and and after you know after uh Trump launched his own NFT, yeah, and people are calling uh Trump's followers a simp, yeah. But I think I'm the one who actually started all this <laughs> yeah. like simp movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's like how people view it, which is pretty meaningful. So this is the moment where you're like, I'm gonna build a company in crypto. Yeah, and so maybe around that. Yeah, because you know, um, there's like way many girls who are hotter and millions of fans. Oh well, if I can do it, they can do it too. Yeah. So I was okay. like, okay, but but the thing is, right, at the time it was so difficult to launch your own NFT collection because you need to hire a smart contract developer. Mm. And then you have to have a uh your fans have to go to OpenSea to buy it and they have to go to Discord to verify they have the NFTs to actually assess the community. And then if they want to do any uh DAO votings or proposals, they have to go to a uh, snapshots, mm. which is just like too complicated even for a crypto native person. So we want to put everything into one platform, which is super easy for the web to people to use. That's why we started SoCo. Let's talk about SoCo directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, perfect. Mm. What is SoCo? If you have to talk about it, so it means social collectible. Yeah, social collectible. If you have to summarize in a few sentences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's a, the platform where we can allow all the creators to launch their own versions of Arindal at the click of a button. Okay. So you just need to press blah, 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 these two buttons. Done. Boom. You have your collection. Yeah. What does it make sense for a creator to do that? It makes a lot of sense for them to do that because right now you have your ownership of your content. Because you can just put all the contents on Instagram into NFTs and then you change the ownership uh, from the... Because, you know, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all these centralized, uh, centralized social media platforms, they can take down your content. They can take down your account at any time. Yeah. You don't really own your community. You don't own your content. You don't own your income. But for NFT, you change the ownership to yourself. So you are the one who's own all this content. And when you sell all this content to your fans, your fans are actually the owners of all this content. So it builds a very special relationship between you and the fans. And also, if you are a grassroots creator, it makes much more sense because when you are small, and you have all these, uh, I would say the passion economy, right? The top 100 fans or top 10 fans who are super crazy about your project. They can come and join you. And when you grow bigger, you can reap the benefits all together. So you are like 10 times more powerful than you were 100%. before. 100%. Once 100%. You, you, you establish this ownership. How do I share my success with people who believe in me since yes, the beginning? Yes, As yes. a person or as a company or as a band yeah. or whoever is kind of like funding my project since the beginning is exactly. going to have... 
the same upside. I mean, yeah, an upside it's, as linked it's to It's not my... only that they 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 contribute, uh, like the at your work. They also talk about it to their friends. Is they it, want them to be your supporter as well. It's evangelism on steroids because I mean because you. If you love Coldplay, for example, mm -hmm. you will tell your friends, I love Coldplay, listen to this music. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Okay. But now if you own a Coldplay NFT where you have maybe a part of their yearly profit or you can have a dinner with Chris yeah. Martin or whatever, like mm. you are completely, you're completely tied to the, to the yes. upside yeah, and the success more, of uh, the... financial incentives to, to promote about the creators. Yeah. Yeah. Another one good thing is probably you are like secret follower of this girl OnlyFans. Of course, you can't say that, oh, I'm a fan of, I'm a subscriber to this school OnlyFans. Yeah, but if you bought her NFT, you can actually say, oh, it's example. an investment. Great and you example. can probably, you know, share this creator to your friends. Yeah. Great example. Mm. How much of that is a concept? Because this sounds so appealing and makes so much sense. Mm. But then there is the re reality of the world, which is everybody still uses Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, mm. YouTube. It's a crypto bear market. Yeah. Most people think NFTs are a scam. Mm. Crypto is dead for the 200th mm. time. No one cares about that mm. anymore. So mm. what's the actual reality? And maybe like to make it more practical, what are the key challenges that you've faced at SoCal mm. since founding the company? Mm. And especially now in a bear market. I think for the creator side, uh, some of the creators are, are still pretty conservative. The, the problem is not they are conservative, it's their fans. Yeah. Because the fans has yeah. this false perception about NFT that yeah. it's always scam. It's just like NFT, like profile picture. Like, why am I paying like 5K or like 10K for a static photo where I can just download it for free on the internet? So the education barrier is still very high. And also actually, I talked to a lot of like K-pop manager and they said the K-pop fans are the ones who hate NFT the most and who are strongly against this K-pop star if you are into the NFT business. So you know these why? are the challenges we face. You know why K-pop fans are that against? Uh, I think they probably just have this like perception that NFT are probably, first of all, they think, oh, crypto is not environmental friendly. And secondly, they think, oh, all the existing NFT projects like launched, even launched by the superstar like J. Cho, Addison Chen, mm. they, the, the floor price actually dropped a lot, right? Yeah. So they don't really see the value of yeah. why I sh want my idol to be associated with NFT collections. Yeah. So these are the things, the, the challenges we face right now. So we talked a bit and you told me that your mm. kind of like initial vision is B2C. Yeah. Now you're doing some B2B stuff. Yes. To kind of like pivot or offer more mm. things because a lot of creators now are not, uh, I mean, probably in a year or two, it's going to be yeah. different. It's going to be yes, like, yes, oh, yeah, yes, it's going to yes, go crazy. Yes, but yes, like yes. right now, like what do you, what do you do? So for all this time being, we are doing B2B and B2C at the same time. Okay. And then after the B2C doesn't work, we think, oh, whether we, we should continue to work with B2B because a lot of companies, the big companies, they're still keen in the NFT business. They still think it's the future and they are very keen to put resources, the money into the NFT collections. So we are working with all these brands who are easier to work with because they already have the belief. Yeah. Yeah. And they, have, they, have, they do have a specific niche market who also wants to be in the NFT community. So I think it's a win-win situation for, for, for us. What do we do exactly with Businesses. Oh, like and the we, difference with like creators and businesses. So it's kind of like similar thing. 
craft uh, creators is more like individual creators and yep. they are interact with the fans. Yep. But for the business side, we are working with Amber Launch, the biggest uh, F1 after party. So they are, they are launching the NFT collection. Yes, as the lifelong membership. So for the for for the for as long as you have the NFT collection, you can get you the Amber Launch at other locations in the world, like Monaco, Abu Dhabi, Singapore, and Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. This is owned by the by the Amber Launch. And also, you and can enjoy like do. different privilege. Like you don't need to queue at all when you enter into the yeah. And it's, it's not only F one. Yeah. It's also they did World Cup events, like twenty events mm. at the World mm-hmm. Cup in uh, Qatar. So they have a lot of events ar- around the year. So this is one benefit. And another another NFT project we work with is called Nothing, with a very slick phone brand. So they are airdropping all the NFTs to the early. Uh, community members and early supporters and early investors of the phone brand. So they are creating their own NFT community. And once you collect different NFTs, you can redeem these NFTs and uh, into something that's more tangible, like physical gadgets, everything. So they are also exploring the NFT market. Mm. Awesome. How did your life change since you started, since you started a business? Mm. Uh, and it's yeah. very linked to what you said before. You say, I thought that when I was posting this picture and I didn't have a thousand likes mm-hmm. within 10 minutes, yeah. I was stressed out because it's yeah. going to go viral and then I like, have the competition. Mm-hmm. Now you're in the real business world. Yes, it's, like so- how is life, how has life changed like for you? What are the good things and the bad things? I mean, for the good things is that I don't need to worry about how many likes I got on Instagram <laughs> anymore. Right, like if this brand doesn't want to work me, work with me, I was like, okay, it's all right, no, it's fine. Yeah, and I can post content that I really enjoy posting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so this is the the good thing, but the bad thing is I have to worry much, much more stuff compared to before. Because last last time I was an influencer, all I need to care about is brands, my my followers, myself. That's it. Yeah. But now I have investors, I have the retails, I have uh all these like like different projects to work with all these partners just a lot of things going on yeah yeah exchange as well yeah you're like talking to different people every day and they're like some projects that want to work with you they want to do partnership and you have to find what's the angle the best angle for you to benefit to for both of you to benefit from this partnership and you have to like some some projects want you to uh, promote their coins and you see if there's any conflict of interest with your project. And also we are still talking to some uh, big business, right? Business companies. And we have to find the best angle to promote the NFT collection, even in this bear market. Do, do you find that the partners or the businesses that approach you, I mean, the company, yeah. are trying to look for a win-win or are trying to make benefit that you're a new entrepreneur? That's the or, part we don't know. Nobody knows, right? You don't know. But if you course. always think that other people want to take advantage of you. You're not going to do anything. Yeah, you're, got, you're not going to do anything, right? <laughs> There's no, nothing you can do. Yeah. So you have to just keep trying out new stuff and working with different partners to see which one works. And accept that uh, you're going to have a lot of failures and uh, yeah, just as, as, long, yeah, as, now, as um, long as you survive is the most important. Yeah, you know, last time, like when I just started fundraising and I got rejected by some VCs, I was so mad. I was like, why did they reject me? And now I, I don't even, I'm not like angry anymore. It's like, okay, just accept it and move on. Can you tell us how, I mean, because you are uh, pretty influential in crypto, I mean, very, how easy it was for you in a bull market to raise money? how it is in the bear market, how, like the kind of overall experience, because you're saying like, mm. I, I got some people who 
said no. Obviously, in the, in the beginning, as an entrepreneur, you go, you raise money, you think, my idea is the best and my execution is going to be the best. Therefore, everyone should invest in my business, yeah. like without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Then you go and you try and you realize it's actually not that easy. Yeah. So what's your experience with that? So at the start, we are doing social fire, right? Social fire at the time was not popular because nobody has really done it right. I mean, till now, still nobody has done yeah, it right. Yeah. By the time, it's even harder because people don't believe in social. They was like, how is Web3 social different from Web2? Yeah. And it's, it's actually very hard for us to uh, convince the investors for them to invest. And luckily, we got Animoca as the first investor in the company. And he, they were pretty reputable at the time. And I mean, they're still re reputable now. That's how we got our first investment. We convinced mm -hmm. them. And they really have a lot of capital at the time, right? So that's how we got our first investment. And after that, we, well, we have the, actually, after I ringed out, it becomes much more easier because a lot of people heard about it and they actually see with their own eyes how it works. Something's possible. And yeah. how many, um, how many, uh, like how viral it it went, and they feel like it actually might work in the Taiwan, Japanese, and the Asian market, pretty much. So at the time, it was pretty easy to raise. So we are over we was oversubscribed for our seed round. Seed round, okay. Mm -hmm. But then you know, after the Sviaro, after Luna, after FTX collapse, <laughs> everyone's becoming so uh, conscious and like so nervous about where they where they sh they should put their money into crypto. Yeah, that's where the real crypto winter started. Yeah. Mm. Did you see, so you raised more money recently, right? I think like two or three months ago. Yeah, it's more like a token round. Mm -hmm. So that was, yeah, that was, a, okay. The first one was an, was an equity? All of them the were token round. Okay, Yeah, but okay. The, the most recent one is after we launched the tokens. So it's different okay. from the previous investors. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Can you tell us about that actually? So most recent one is like, bear market started already mm. how easy or difficult is it for someone like you to raise money with tokens because with tokens it's supposed to be yeah. easier than in a, with equity in crypto right now because people mm. kind of say yes, yes. Uh, they say ah at least uh, it kind of de-risks a bit the investment I'm going to have access to some liquidity mm. I think it depends on the VC whether they're web 2 web 3 or what, what was their area of focus mm. I think with some web 2 VCs it's, it's actually much easier to raise with equity because they want to invest in equity. They, be, they believe in the business model and they believe in the profit you're going to bring. But for some Web3 native VCs, they actually, of course, they're more interested in tokens. Mm. Yeah. I think it's challenging for all the builders, unless you're building infrastructure yeah. or like layer one or you're building an ecosystem, then yeah. the narrative is much easier. Right? People really believe in the narrative. But then if you are building a dApp, it's, it's very specific. Much harder. Yeah, yeah the other yeah. thing, they can just say the layer one, oh, there's going to be value accrues on that. Some kind yeah. of like doing a, an ETF mm -hmm. sort of bet mm -hmm. on but the future. For like, infrastructure, you are just leveraging on all the dApps yeah. on their users, right? Yeah. They, can, they can come to your infra infrastructure. But for the dApp, you need to attract your own users, which is much more challenging Yeah. than building the yeah, infra. How, how important is flexibility as an entrepreneur, especially in the crypto industry? It's can so you give us some examples? Oh. The narrative changes all the time, right? Previously, there are people are doing like Bitcoin, FT, BRC20, and then they are yeah. like moved to meme coin. And I think one week later, they're probably going to be attracted to something else. So the narratives keep changing, keep changing, keep changing. And you have to, it's very hard for you to always catch what's popular right now because there's no way for you to develop so fast. Yeah. So I think you should really be firm about your own thesis, about your own conviction, 
Yeah. And then you work around it. And I think bear market is a good time for you to build because there are much less noise. Let's imagine if I had this creator platform raised so much money, that creator platform raised so much money, you will be so stressed. You think, oh, I should go and raise more money. Mm. But right now, since it's pretty quiet for the Web3 creator economy right now, I think it's a good time for us to build and to really think what kind of trades are more uh, innovative or more useful to the creators. Yeah, I'm asking this question because yeah. we have the Alex Vanevich from yes, uh, yes, yes. Nansen here. Mm. And he was actually saying that the thing that did really well <laughs> to grow that quickly is that yeah. they were very flexible yes. in, their, in, in their understanding of the market mm. with uh, DeFi in 2020 and then NFT and the is very similar. And they, were, yes. they also build their platform so they can accommodate very quickly and mm. flex, in a very flexible yeah. fashion to these changes. But at the same time, so this makes a lot of sense, but at the same time, what you say is also... Like you don't want, there's so much noise. Mm-hmm. So it's what's noise and what's yes, a real yes. trend. It's very hard. Should, and for, exactly. To be honest, nobody knows what's noise yes. and what is a real trend, <laughs> right? And when people talk, talk about BRC tokens, oh, they were like, oh, are they here to stay or they just, you know? We don't know. Gone. Yeah, nobody we knows. Know. Who can predict the future? Nobody can. We don't know. Yeah. That, but that's also very fascinating about crypto because everything is possible. Yeah. You can always come up with new narratives and something. You just keep trying, keep trying. Probably one day your narrative is just going to be true. Yeah. Or they're going to be popular in the market. Yeah. Another example he gave me when we talked, you talked about kind of burn rate, you know, mm. the changes. Oh, yes, and... yes, yes. Yes, the burn rate. Yeah, last time our burn rate was like two, 200K a month. That's when we are rapidly expanding in United States. Because at the time, which is like about April and May, everybody wants to do NFT. Everyone. The, the people we talked to, the celebrities, all these uh, Netflix shows. 2022, April, Yeah, May. 2022. Okay, when we just started. So a year ago, basically. Yeah, when we just started our incubation yeah. center in uh, Los Angeles, everyone in Hollywood, they want to do NFT business with us. And that's why we're rapidly ex- uh, expanding because we think it's more important to gain the traction than burning the capital. Mm. That's our strategy at the time. So we have the house, we... We, we, we host parties to attract the creators. But after a while, we find out it doesn't really bring much traction. So we start to reflect and think whether it's really important to have so many people in the team. Yeah. Like, is, do we really need so many developers? Yeah. That's when we start to cut down all the costs on like marketing parties and then start to focus much more on the product itself instead of creating all the hypes. Yeah. What's the craziest thing that you've seen or experienced in the crypto world? The craziest thing? Yeah. I think it's the meme con, right? The meme con, the Pepe. The Pepe. Yeah, it's like, I don't know how many times, uh, like, in, like, within one month. But and actually, anything happened in the crypto, it's so, it's just crazy. Like, do you ex- even expect FTX to collapse within, like, one week? Last year was... Uh, it's because of one tweet. It just Last gone. year was crazy. That's so crazy. Like, Luna, it just went to zero. Within like like four or five days, everything yeah, was yeah, so crazy. Yeah, I remember that. I was yeah. very, very, very invested in Luna. <laughs> like lost like millions in two days. Yeah. So like I, I remember it very, it's actually one year ago, mm-hmm. five days ago. Mm-hmm. So I remember it vividly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So these are the crazy things that happen. It's almost every day people are immune to the yeah. crazy things. <laughs> but we're still here. Yeah, I'm still here. We are still here. Yeah, we are like the firm Strong. believer in a crypto. Exactly. And the potential you're going to bring to millions of people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's interesting now because most people just 
that's now that you build or invest or both when mm -hmm. no one cares. Mm -hmm. But people don't do that. And then they just, oh, there's the banking crisis. Oh, there's the recession. Oh, there's this and that and that. And then the people were still there in the trenches, working, building, investing are the ones who are going to yeah. reap the reward in one, yeah. two years. And it's yeah. always the same. You have these cycles. And it's... Mm -hmm. There's still like so many builders in the, in the crypto yeah. space. Yeah. A building product that people really want to use. <laughs> so crypto is an emotional roller coaster, especially for builders can raise at Intel. For everybody in this industry, it's a... Like yeah, roller coaster. It's crazy. So, mm -hmm. how do you deal with mental health in this emotional roller coaster? Uh, mental health. I just try to tell myself it is what it is. Just accept. Is I think acceptance is very important. It is what it is. You have to accept the fact that I burned so much money <laughs> in the bull market, and you have to accept the fact that it is a like a winter, right? It's hard to raise money. Yeah. You have to accept the fact that nowadays probably NFT is too advanced for the creators to use it in daily life. You just have to accept it and keep being, like, like what you said, being flexible mm. and keep uh, being more mentally strong. I think that's very important. Otherwise, you're going to go insane. And especially you need to ignore the noise because all the people around you seems like everyone's making money. Yeah, everybody's making millions of money. That's a big one. From Abitrum, the, the air job. That's a big one. They're from the meme coins. And then from like the BRC tokens, the BRC NFTs. That's a big the one. OB, right? Everybody's making so much money. And of course, the one losing money, they're not going to post online, right? Only the yeah. one who make money. And then you and feel so oh, like when, formal. Only when they yeah. win money will they post. Yes. That's a big one. And that's a big, for me, it's a big mistake in the last cycle. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, you always feel like you can have complete life-changing money. Yeah. But you always think like at some point, I mean, at some point there was a, a, a Suzu from a Three Arrow who says mm -hmm. something like 50 million is a, you can't even buy a reasonably oh. sized house. Really? And you look at that and you're like, yeah. You start to, first you lose complete control of like reality, mm -hmm. uh, you lose touch with reality because of the amounts and sums. But then you always see these people who, are lying actually they're lying because they they say it's my money but they're actually taking money oh from, true you know yeah. or or they always seem like they're much higher and mm -hmm. then you're just like you always feel like yes. uh, you're not enough and i need more and all that stuff and that's how you get destroyed because you don't have your because people everybody's lying yes. and you just yeah. compare yourself to people yeah. who are lying yes and it's i mean so sometimes people just give fake numbers yeah i say oh i make so much money so they can get get yeah. you into their inner circle and sell courses to you and that's how they make money but people just can't differentiate whether it's real or it's fake. Yeah. The Twitter yeah. game, actually, you you want yeah. to impress so you get more followers and mm -hmm. lots of stuff so you can actually make more money yeah. later on. on yes, yes. And, it, and especially relevant in crypto because people really make a lot of money yeah. in a day or like two days. Yeah. If they really invest in that coin, it went viral. Yeah. So I think it's actually true that people really experience that. Mm. How did your life change since you launched a token? Because um, I talked to a yeah. bunch of people yeah. who, I mean, actually were early investors in a lot mm -hmm. of different uh, uh, um, pre-sales. And, yeah. and some of these, they said, the day you launch a token, you have your own business, but you yes. actually almost have a second business yes. because you need to, you have these investors, but you have this yes. price and, yes, and, yes. and your token is your kind of, kind of your marketing for your company yes, because if yes. the token does well, the project mm -hmm. is amazing. If the token doesn't do well, the project is shit. Yeah, in yeah, a yeah, exactly. They don't care what you do. They want to look at the price. Exactly. <laughs> so how did things change for you since you launched the, the token? I think after the launch token, I think it's pretty pretty all right because the investors, they, they understand it's a bear market. 
Yeah. So they are pretty understandable. Pretty understanding. They know it's a very difficult situation for most of the builders, and they are a lot. They are very happy that we actually got, uh, launched on a centralized exchange, which is KuCoin. Yeah, it's a pretty decent exchange, to yeah. be honest. And um, of course, we are also trying hard to work with different companies, coming up with new projects, new initiatives to, um, bring out more good news, so people would would, would have confidence in the in the in the coin. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say change March. I'm, I'm still still doing the same thing. Okay, that's that's awesome. I've heard some. Yeah. I mean, it was people who launched some some protocol mm-hmm. on the Terra ecosystem. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like, you know, they launched the thing that I think we did like eighty or hundred X at the launch. Mm-hmm. Then the 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 free value was like market cap was like one point five billion. So the guys are like, life yeah. is amazing. And then everything mm-hmm. goes to zero. Yeah. And they didn't sell any token, but like everybody. Oh, tells you like, mean the traders? No, oh, the the, the, oh, the, the, the builders. And then like, they, they, they get absolutely murdered by investors like you sold tokens yeah. like, no I sold yeah. nothing yes, like the yes, thing went yes. to zero because yeah. everything went to zero and mm-hmm. then they said never again a token basically yeah and that's, so that's a lot of things that affect the token price because yeah. you have the exchange uh, you have the airdrop the people who had airdrop you have all these creators you have retails you have like investors and there's so many factors that affect the price yeah. and and people may just like uh, blame you for selling tokens <laughs> as a team right yeah. yeah so these are all the complaints we receive all the time Okay. I'm really getting, trying to get used to, to the negative comments. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, be given is, let me think. I, I don't really, I wouldn't say any advice, but it's like I observing people around me who are much more successful and created a much bigger project, but they are still very hardworking. They are very um, self-disciplined and they are still working every day for the crypto market, for the mass adoption. This mm. is like what inspired me. Mm. I wouldn't say that, oh, I took any advice because advice are all the same, right? You have to be mentally strong. Yeah, you, you can have read all these to books. Be, yeah, let's <laughs> these, what these everybody books. said. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like really through the people around you that through their the experience and how you interact with them, they really learn what is really important to be as a builder. You learn all the... Um, I would say the the, uh, the the traits, the personal traits from them. So the common pattern between these people is they work hard, they, they don't stop, so they don't hard, care about the, the, the money and all that stuff. Mm. It's not like really a, much they, they don't bigger, care about the money. They a have a bigger mission. goal. Yeah, but greater mission in life. Okay. Mm. What's something you believe in that most people would not agree with? Something I believe in. Oh, I would say that shortcut is actually the longest, the longest way, the longest road to success. Okay. Mm. Don't take shortcuts. Do you have any failures or examples? So many, too many. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one favorite that you want to share? There's just like way too many times I want to take a shortcut and realize actually I need to spend much more time trying mm. to fix it because I took a shortcut at the time. Yeah. So I have to build consistently. If there is a key takeaway from today, mm. what would it be? You mean from all these entrepreneur things? From whatever we talked about today. Mm, oh, from this session? Yeah. Ah. Key takeaway that you want people to remember? Key takeaway, um, just try to ignore the noise and do whatever you are doing right now. Yeah, it's really very easy to get lost. I mean, I also get lost when I try to compare myself with other creators or with other builders. Like, oh, why they create such a successful project and why I'm not, right? 
I think the only、mm. thing is like you have to focus on yourself and just trying to be better day、Every、by day. day. Like you、yeah. just compare yourself with the one yesterday. If you、yeah. are better, you are stronger, you are mentally tougher. That's how you can keep go- growing and keep moving on. Very yeah, never yeah. stop, never stop growing. It's it's yeah, it's much easier to say、uh, to 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 say than to do, especially in this world where with all these social media, you always see people who show their perfect life and、uh, mm-hmm. and、um, we're all like that because there is always going to be someone who's more successful or more beautiful、yeah. or smarter、yeah. or blah blah blah. Yeah, and you're always gonna feel like you're not enough. Yes. Because and then you change. Maybe you become more successful, and your、uh, circle of friends change, or people you hang out with. And then you're like, oh man, like these people are so successful. Exactly. And then you're gonna go higher, and, and it's never gonna be enough. And then yes. So maybe, how do you find? How do you? So you... actually, I'm still trying to cope with this because I met more and more successful people every day, and they are also complaining they don't they are not rich enough as their friends. Exactly. When they make. Exactly. Billions, billions of dollars, and they were saying,、oh, yeah. actually, I have a friend who invests in this company. Then, the 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 hour is like ten, uh, ten k times, like one ten thousand times. Thousand times. I was like, oh, I wish I invested that early. And people were like, oh, you know, even at their age, which is like fifty years old, they are still talking about it. So, so what?、Yeah. So what do you think is one of the kind of like final question? What do you think is a kind of main driver of happiness if the money and all these goals are never enough? For anyone、mm. who made it more than enough, like what do you think, or do you talk about them? Do 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 talk with them about that? Like what makes you happy? I think it's to never stop growing. I mean, for me at my age, at least stage of life, to me it's never stop growing. But for I think for people at fifty years old, they probably want to spend more time with the family. Yeah. So people at different stage have different definition of happiness. But for me right now, it's like once I feel like oh I improving this area a little bit, I feel very satisfied and accomplished. And when people telling me that oh actually you inspired me to、uh, do my own business or to get into crypto, I'm very happy.、Mm. Especially when I go around the world and、I、meet people that some of the arena holders or some they they told me that they heard about it and they're really inspired. They love it a lot. I feel really accomplished.、Mm. That's when I find the true happiness.、Mm. Awesome! Thank you so much for this, Irene. Thank you so much. Where can people learn more about you and follow you? I can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, Twitter is Irene Zhao. Oh, I don't have a blue tick right now because I don't want to pay eight dollars to Elon Musk. <laughs> but but she's doing the sorry anti blue tick revolution. Yeah, I'm doing that. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and also on Instagram. Uh, big Instagram. Oh, so many fake accounts of me. I just good luck if you can find the real me. Okay, that's a good luck. Don't don't get scammed. Also, I will never ask you for money. <laughs> never, never. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. 